Welcome to the Of Course You Did podcast, the podcast for coaches who are scaling their coaching business. I'm your host, Brooke Alexander. Each episode is strategically crafted to help you help more people get better results in less time. If you're ready to truly dive deep into masterfully helping your clients achieve results no one else can, the Creative Coach Method certification is for you. Head to creativemindacademy.com slash certification to learn more. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Of Course You Did podcast. I am your host, Brooke Alexander. We have a really amazing interview for you today. As soon as it was recorded, I knew that we needed to get it we needed to get it edited and get it out to you straight away because it's so good. It's an interview with the lovely Anna Squelch and we talked about so many different things that have to do with ethics in coaching, ethical coaching, ethical marketing, being trauma informed, knowing your scope of practice as a coach. We covered so many different things that are so important to you as a coach and so important to how you show up for your clients, making sure that you're staying inside your boundaries as a coach and also things to look out for in the industry that may be unethical practices that you want to be aware of that maybe you're practicing or maybe that you're consuming from other coaches. So I don't want to drag this intro on. I want to dive straight into the episode. If you want to connect with Anna, I've left all of the links for everything that she mentioned and every way that you can connect with her in the show notes. So please definitely go and connect with her. Let us both know what you think of this episode on Instagram. Just send us a message, send us a screenshot of you listening to it. And don't forget to tag us. And let's just dive right into this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. We have an amazing guest, Anna Squelch. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been so great to connect. I'm so excited for our conversation today because you and I share a lot of views on the same things, and especially when it comes to ethical coaching, coaches not overstepping their boundaries of what coaching actually is. And I think this is a really important conversation and something that I wasn't aware of that was even a problem in the coaching industry until well into my coaching career. I have a coaching certification where I literally teach people how to coach. And I went through my own, I got certified a few times I got certified to train people, but in none of the trainings that I ever got trained in was anything about ethical coaching or being trauma aware or not re-traumatizing your clients. The trainings that I did were touted as for light workers and healers to live your dream life and make all the money and abundance you want. And it was all so self-centered and about the coach living their best life. And there was very little about what's actually right for the client and what are the boundaries of coaching. So I think it's a really important conversation that we're going to have. And one that I just don't see a whole lot of people having. I know it's it's definitely starting to pick up more and more, but I think it's definitely time that we talked about it a lot. And especially as someone who has a certification, I need to make it clear to anyone who's interested in the Creative Coach Method on 
what we learn in there and where I stand in terms of being a coach and what I teach my clients and what you don't learn inside the certification as well. So anyway, enough of my spiel. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your background, your history as a coach, et cetera? Yeah, beautiful. Such a beautiful introduction. And I'm, I've got the word self-centered that I just keep coming back to because that just hits the nail on the head. There is so much self-centeredness in this industry and it is very much about like how much the coach is making and how many lives they're transforming and that they're taking calls from the bathtub and going on their business class flights. And that is really at the center of a lot of where the harm and where the um, these kind of shady practices are coming from. So I love that. I'm sure we'll come back to that. But I'm Anna Squelch. I'm based in New Zealand, little island down the bottom of the world. And I'm a woman's life coach, a breathwork facilitator, and I have my own podcast called The Full Circle Podcast. And I found, or I came into coaching around, I think, five years ago. I went through a really sort of particularly rock bottom time of my life. Boyfriend cheated on me. I got completely burnt out in the corporate world. And as many coaches do, I found coaching through my own sort of personal rock bottom and my dark night of the soul. So prior to that, I'd been in marketing roles for BlackBerry, the you know old mobile phone company, if anyone remembers who they are. I had been an executive assistant to CEOs across different organizations in Sydney, London, and New Zealand, and settled back in New Zealand in 2016. I actually came home just completely heartbroken, anxious, depressed, and over the next year, as my life kind of started to unravel, I looked to different sort of spiritual teachers and healers, and I got really into wellness and enrolled in a certification through IIN, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I became a health coach. At that time, I had absolutely no aspirations to be a health coach. It was, it was just kind of something that I fell into, but I loved the work. I loved sharing what I was learning with others, and... Yeah, five years later, I'm still here. I, I consider myself more of a life coach than a health coach because I, I love that sort of holistic view of everything. But yeah, it, I feel like my business is in transition again. I'm moving more into business mentorship and ethical business mentorship, pulling in my background from the corporate world, my marketing diploma. And I think, as you said, it's it's a conversation that people are starting to become more aware of and become more aware of the necessity of being trauma mindful, trauma sensitive, and really leading their businesses from that place, not just from the kind of girl boss, rah-rah, glitter balloons, <laughs> toxic positivity that we can see a lot of. So ethical business, can you share a little bit about what that means to you? I'm sure it means a lot, but can you just share it like just a little? Yeah. So to be fully transparent, I'm this whole area is is new to me and I'm really only just starting to dip my toe into what this means. So I'm learning new things every single day, but I'm I'm wildly passionate about it. But ethical business is essentially bridging what's good with what's right. And a lot of the businesses out there, they're preaching what's good and they're preaching what works and they're preaching what is bringing their money and clients and success and all of the things but not actually taking into consideration whether it is right, whether it is fair, whether it is equitable, whether it is accessible for their clientele or whether it's purely accessible and safe for one particular kind of group of people. And how we weave trauma-informed practices into ethical business is making sure that we are leading our businesses in a way that is not further re-traumatizing clients. And 
for people who don't have a grasp of what trauma is, that word alone, it can feel really like, oh, okay, someone who's been through a massive traumatic event. And it doesn't have to be a massive traumatic event. There's a lot of people in the world who have money trauma, for example, which is a systemic issue in society where people, they may have had parents who were bankrupt, or they may have been children of divorce, or they may have lived in poverty, or they may have lived in a low socioeconomic area. And so there's so many people coming in with money trauma, looking for support and looking for help. And they've equated their net worth with their self-worth. And so they think, if I can just make more money, or if I can make other people money, then I'll be happy, then I'll be healed, then I'll be finally recognized and validated by my dad, or whatever it is. And so ethical business, in my opinion, is really bridging trauma sensitivity or trauma informed practices with running your business in a way that is also fair. Because so many, so many of the people who actually need coaching and actually need support are the people who can't actually afford $10,000 for a program, $20,000 for a program. They can't access these offers that are priced at very sort of a particular type of person. So that's my view. I don't know if you've got anything else that you want to add on to the end of that. Yeah, there's a few things that actually stood out to me in there. So many things, and I have notes on some of them, so we'll definitely go back to them. But one thing that you stood that stood out to me was when you said, if I help other people make money, then I'll be healed. And I think that's so interesting because we see a lot of coaches and a lot of business coaches and a lot of money coaches who came into the industry and became a business coach or built a business by building a business, coaching other people to build other people to build businesses. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, does that make sense? Did I say yeah, it's coach? coaches who coach coaches to coach coaches. That's yeah, exactly yeah. What yeah. yeah, and there was like no experience before they came into that or the only experience they've had was personal experience. And something that I always say is experience doesn't equal qualify just because you've had an experience losing weight or changing careers or making money as a coach. Just because you've had experience doing that with yourself that doesn't mean you actually know how to coach people through the same experience because you don't necessarily have coaching skills. You haven't learned the coaching skills. You haven't learned what your boundaries are as a coach. You haven't learned what things might be re-traumatizing your clients are. You don't know what a window of tolerance is. There's so many things that are missing from that equation on the part of the coach and that's something that has been standing out to me a lot lately. And I don't want this episode to turn into like hate coaches kind of episode because I am one and I teach people to be coaches. But I think, like I said, this is just an important conversation for us to have to bring awareness to other coaches so they can say, wait, am I operate, operating from a place of ethical standards for myself from the industry? What are What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that point that you touched on of actually having credentials and actually having some sort of qualified experience is certification, piece of paper, whatever, is 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 fundamental. It's paramount. And there's a lot of parallels being drawn between the business coaching industry and MLMs. It's it's beginning to come become like a pyramid scheme. Not saying that MLMs are a pyramid scheme, but they you know, they they sit on the edge of ethical or unethical business and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of coaches coaching coaches to become coaches to become coaches. 
And I think that it's important to highlight we're not here bashing coaches. And that's some of the anecdotes that I've been seeing online is, oh, there's these group of coaches who are bashing other coaches and they're bashing the coaching industry. And that's not what it's about. It's about raising awareness to advocate for the people who have been harmed by this industry. I've been harmed by this industry and I'm a coach and I'm still here. And this is what is really fueling my fire is that there needs to be more awareness brought to this because there is vulnerable people in this personal development, self-help, spiritual, wellness, coaching space who really need support and they're putting their trust and their finances in the hands of people who are not equipped to really hold that space for them. So business credentials, really important. If you have sold essential oils or if you've sold a hair care product in an MLM, that does not give you the experience or the credentials to coach on business. And that's so much of what I'm seeing. And self-awareness is a big part of it and advocating for people and letting them know you're allowed to ask a coach that you're investing in what their credentials are. You're allowed to ask that coach, can you connect me with two, three, four of your clients so I can chat to them about their experience. We tend to look at a testimonial on a website. We have no idea whether that testimonial is for the product that we're enrolling in. We have no idea when that testimonial was put up and whether that client would still vouch for that coach. We don't even know if that testimonial is real. And so I really just want to give people the, I guess, the empowerment to really start asking questions and to start having an informed And the key word is informed, an informed process when investing in a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that stood out to me with what you said originally was how coaching that's priced at certain price points isn't accessible to a lot of people who need the support of coaching. And I've been thinking about that a lot myself lately and My views are constantly changing. The more I think about it, the more informed I become. But I have a few points on this and I want to share them and be transparent with everyone on what my points are and where I stand, just so we can have an open, honest conversation. My thoughts here are currently that coaching is a luxury. And so I don't necessarily think that anyone needs coaching. I think coaching can be beneficial, but I I think it's a luxury and I don't think we should, well, for me personally, I don't want to put coaching out there as a necessity for people. If it's something that's going to help someone, absolutely. Another thought that I have on that is my private coaching is priced quite high. And so the way that I personally balance that out is, okay, my coaching prices are high. I give away free coaching, free value as much as I can to help bring as many people as possible up to that level. So that's how I'm currently balancing it out in my head. Like I said, all of these views for me are evolving. The more I learn, the more informed I get, but that's kind of where I stand right now. How do you deal with that in your business with you? pricing your things the way that you do. I don't know what your prices are. How do you kind of try and balance it out for yourself? Mm, Yeah, mine has been such an evolution as well. And before I go into that, I just want to talk to this whole charge what you're worth pricing, because I think that this is such an important piece of the puzzle. And I talked about this in a free masterclass that I ran last week, which I can send you the link of if your audience want to watch it. It's just called the Ethical Biz Masterclass. And there's this whole like rah-rah on the internet at the moment of charge what you're worth, you know, raise your prices. 
And in my opinion, it's it's girl bosses who are co-opting the women's empowerment movement saying, charge your worth, which is essentially meaning your worth is determined by your rates. And your net worth does not determine your self-worth. Those two things are completely separate. And so we've got to stop conflating the two because it's it's financial abuse. It's financial manipulation. And what we are forgetting with this whole charge what you're worth model is that these people who are saying that, they're not actually giving reason as to why you should raise your prices. They're saying raise your prices, charge your worth, but not actually giving reason why. And there's so much that needs to go into the conversation around pricing. For example, what qualifications do you have? You know, what is your backing of you being an authority in this in this area that you're coaching in? What experience do you have? What actual experience do you have under your belt? How long have you been in the game? How many, you know, really successful case studies do you have? And it's not about pricing yourself. It's it's not about your worth as a person. It's about your worth as a professional. What professional expertise do you have to really back those prices? So I just wanted to say that I echo your sentiments about I don't believe that coaching is, I think you said coaching is a luxury. It's not a necessity. And look who's telling you that coaching is essential, that every single person needs a coach. It's the coaches who want to get your business to so they can teach you how to be a coach. And so in terms of my business, I've always offered a real sort of range of things. So I have my podcast, which is free. I have my Instagram content, which is free. As of mid last year or mid this year, mid this year, I think, April maybe, I started an online free community, which is called A Higher Ground. So that's on a platform called Mighty Networks. And that is just where I host free masterclasses. Members of our community host their own classes and they teach our audience things. I have monthly calls with breathwork and connection. It's slow. It's been a really slow thing to get off the ground, but we've got about 200 members across the world. And so that is a space that I really want to build and and kind of, you know, flourish. But at the moment, it's just sitting a little bit dormant. And then I have free masterclasses. And then I have, you know, your $22, $25 masterclasses right up to my group programs. I have e-courses, which are around the kind of $190, $200 mark group programs and then private mentorship as well. And obviously across our product suite, you know, the the one-to-one mentorship, the high touch point coaching is going to be a higher price point. But I, yeah, as I started to dive into this work this year about being more ethical, more accessible, more fair, I brought my prices down because I think that a lot of, a lot of people are forgetting and not being practical about the fact that we're entering a recession, that inflation is sky high, that there's people who need support right now. We've been in a pandemic for nearly three years. There's a lot of people suffering within themselves, with their mental health, with their nervous systems. And they need community, they need connection and and they, you know, need access to a coach or a therapist or a mental health professional. And so I brought my prices right down to be a lot more accessible. So now my one-to-one single session is $180 New Zealand, which I think is maybe 130 US, I believe. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've been also myself working on Coming up with different ways of how I can support people on Mondays, I do free group coaching that I advertise on Eventbrite to try and get people who aren't in the Instagram world, people who are searching for things. And that's been slow to get off the ground too. I don't know if a lot of people kind of understand what it is. So I think it's it's gaining traction. I also do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have free 20 minute ask me anything sessions where people can literally book in 
20 minutes in my calendar. I have two each day. So four sessions a week where people can book in and literally talk to me about whatever they need to do with their coaching business, just trying to find creative ways to, to support people at all different levels to help them. Like I said, my goal with all of my free content, like my podcast, my Instagram content as well, is to help people get to the level of being able to invest in my coaching and the certification if that's what they want and giving away everything, like not not holding anything secret. I teach people on my podcast the same things I teach my private clients. I fully teach it. I walk through the steps and I'm like, this is the exact framework that I have with my private clients. My private clients have the benefit of the one-to-one interaction, my eyes on their work. So the value there is in, in that. But my goal is to help people get to that level of being able to invest. Another thing that I have started to see and implemented in my business is pay what you can pricing and also scholarships. And some people call it sliding scale where there's a range where someone can choose the price. So for my online breathwork workshops, for example, people can pay what they can. For my Selfish, which is my high ticket group coaching program, there's full and partial scholarships in there. So I think offering a range of pricing and allowing people to decide where they sit and that, you know, where they can pay what they can right now, you know. There's a term that I learned last week called prestige prestige sensitivity, where we can equate something that's higher ticket with more value, more perceived value. And when we invest in something high ticket and we've equated that investment with our self-worth, we're essentially investing in the higher ticket thing by trying to say, I, I shared this on my Instagram and I was a lot more articulate, but I believe in myself. That's why I'm investing high ticket. The more, the higher I invest, the more I believe in myself, the more I value myself, the more I love myself. And that's not always the case. Yeah. So I think this could be a really beautiful talking point for you on your sales page, whether it was in the FAQs of like, why is your certification price significantly lower than others? And you can really speak to that of like, I don't believe that, you know, the higher investment necessarily equates to the higher level of, you know, ROI that you get on that. Yeah, for sure. And at some point, in order for me to be able to improve the certification and take it to the next level and do all the things that we want to do in there, the price will have to go up to account for all of those extra things and the changes. But it's just like buyer psychology is so interesting. And I think especially in the coaching world and pricing, we're just all told, we're told so many times that the more you invest, the more you do believe in yourself, the more you do believe you're telling the universe that you're ready to receive and, and all of this stuff. It's almost like it's, it's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And you know, the word that I hate when I see people use this in their marketing is scarcity, scarcity, <laughs> no brainer. Oh, it's a no brainer. Wait, so I'm not supposed to use my brain. Hang on a minute. Wait, I just should not even use my brain right now and trust you. I see that. And I'm like, it's not a no brainer. Don't tell people not to use their brains. It's such an interesting one. I don't know if anyone else. I hadn't picked up up on that. Yeah. It could just be like a me thing, but I feel like when people, when I see that in people's marketing, it's kind of like, they're telling me not to think about it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. I've told you, this is easy. I've told you, you don't even need to think about it. Yeah. 
And let's talk about that if you want to, because I feel like gaslighting and these manipulative scarcity tactics, selling manipulative coercion, like predatory marketing is such a big part of the issue. And there's so many big accounts online, big Instagram accounts, big, big name coaches who we have, we as consumers have been conditioned to equate lots of followers and confident, you know, on their Instagram stories with they must be person of authority with power. And there's a lot of power dynamics and power manipulation happening on the online space. And that's how people, you know, they they get pulled into these no brainer programs at high price points and then get burnt. And I've, I mean, I've been blocked by quite a few big coaches because I've started to really call them out and and educate my audience about them. And there was one particular coach a few weeks ago who blocked me, but she created this reel saying, you need, if you want to get out of your scarcity mindset, you need to invest more money than you actually have right now. And she is very well known for on sales calls, telling people to take out an extra credit card, get a loan, sell your car, sell something to invest in my program. And she's, you know, she's coaching light workers. She's teaching people how to leave their soul sucking nine to five and, so she wasn't happy with with my comments on on that and the yeah there was a lot of deconstruction that happened as other people who are doing the same ethical business work were starting to deconstruct her content and she blocked them all and threatened legal action so I should be careful with what I say on your podcast but that is just a small example of someone with a big account with authority that we see as a professional sharing a message that a lot of vulnerable people will hang on to and think, oh, if I want to get over my scarcity mindset and my money blocks and my whatever and have a successful bougie life, I literally need to go and sell my car or take out another line of credit and get into debt in order to do that. And so there's no regulation, there's no control, there's no like governance over these messages that people are sharing online and they're sharing them with such conviction of do this and X and you know, we've just seen the case of Brittany Dawn, the Texas wellness influencer, who the state of Texas is suing her for not delivering on what she promised her clients. And I think that that's going to set a precedent in the industry of what people can advertise that they can help you with. You know, the coaches who are saying, I'll help you make six figures in, in six days or whatever. So I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but oh, that's right. We were talking about just manipulative marketing messaging and coercion and People just need to really be discerning with who they are trusting big time. so wild that you were blocked and this person was saying those things that honestly blows my mind. I've stopped taking financial advice completely from coaches who've made money coaching or any type of like wealth codes what is this about codes too? Codes Abundance codes, wealth codes. Like, what is this? Are we typing it into some type of keypad? I don't, I don't get it. But like, I'm taking financial advice from multimillionaires and billionaires now. People who are actually in business. Like, I help coaches make money in their business by sharing the skills that I've learned and sharing the strategies and things like that. I help people make money, but I'm not out here giving you financial advice, telling you to sell your car in order to work with me. Like if you don't have the money, 
that's fine. I'll do what I can to help you get it. Like I will help you get there. I'm not going to tell you to sell your car. That just honestly, it, it blows my mind so much. I want to kind of switch gears here slightly, but I want to get into a bit more about trauma aware, trauma sensitive, trauma informed coaching and what that means. So there's different terminology and we're starting to hear a lot more. So the trauma informed is actually someone who has a trauma informed certification. They've gone and done a facilitator training. I haven't done that yet. I'm about to enroll in one with the Safe Space Institute who are amazing. I have done a trauma sensitivity for safer spaces training with Soma Psych, who are also amazing. But essentially, it is a framework or a body of work which teaches anyone who works with humans, so mental health professionals, coaches, therapists, healers, yoga teachers, any of these people in this healing space who work with humans, it's just really teaching them to operate from a framework of having an awareness that anyone who comes to them seeking support may have experienced trauma. And so it's really about not causing any more harm to that client. And there's so many people online, I can think of one in particular, who believes that if she became trauma-informed, it would make her boring. (laughs) She's worried that she would lose relevance and, you know, she's someone who's famous for really aggressive, kind of aggro, sassy, bitchy content and she thinks it will make her boring and that's really sad because I'm sure, as most humans have, I'm sure she has experienced trauma and I think there's just such a lack of understanding of what trauma is. As I said earlier, some people equate it with massive, you know, significant life events like suicide of a family member or a massive earthquake or whatever. But there's big T trauma, which is our, you know, our big significant traumas. And then there's little T trauma, which is the littler stuff. Being a child of parents of divorce, growing up with no money, going through heartbreak. You know, there's so many different definitions, but essentially we can put trauma into three categories. Too much too soon which is something that was overwhelming, like a traumatic event, something instant, a car crash, a suicide, a death, a diagnosis of a terminal illness. And then there's too much for too long, too much too soon, too much for too long. So that might be prolonged abuse, prolonged neglect, domestic violence, domestic abuse, yeah, any of that. And then not enough for too long. So that is not getting adequate care and love and support from your parents growing up or living in poverty or not having enough food, not having enough shelter, all of that kind of thing. So it's broad, it's nuanced, it's a big topic and it's very late to the party. Even mental health professionals have not had significant training in trauma. Our doctors, you know, frontline nurses have not had significant training in trauma. It really has only been the mental health professionals on the frontline who have had that training. And now people are identifying the importance of it you know, of everyone having trauma-informed practices, whether you, yeah, no matter what your kind of role is, but particularly for coaches, when we're dealing with mental health, we're dealing with people in crisis sometimes, and I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure you teach this to your coaches, we all have a scope of practice as coaches, meaning that there's only certain areas that we can support our clients with. We are not mental health professionals, and so If a client comes to us wanting, and they're bipolar, for example, or they're wanting support with a significant traumatic event, it is out of out of scope, and we need to refer that person on to a mental health professional or a therapist. So, does that 
give you an answer to what trauma-informed care is? Yes, it absolutely does. And this is something that I teach. There is a lesson on this in the Created Coach Method, and it is a little bit about the window of tolerance and not re-traumatizing your clients and how to notice if your client may have trauma around something and your scope of practice around supporting people who may still be processing trauma, what you can do and what you can't do. My role in the Created Coach Method isn't to teach people how to support people around trauma. So for anyone who's thinking of joining the Created Coach Method, I just want to make it clear that you're not going to learn how to support people with trauma. You're going to learn a little bit about how to notice if your client may have trauma, may still be processing trauma. But my main goal with it is for the coach to know their scope of practice and the boundary that they're not allowed to cross, not only for the safety of the client, but also for the safety of the coach, because you can get sued. If something happens with this client, you can, you're, you're liable. If you have crossed a boundary on what coaching is and isn't, and if you're going into the territory of helping your client process trauma when you're not trained to help them process trauma and something happens with that client, you're liable and you can get into a lot of trouble. Again, as we're seeing with Brittany Dawn, the legal system is starting to wake up to what coaches are doing. And mm -hmm. even though it's unregulated, there's going to be some form of repercussion. There's going to be some consequences if coaches do step over these boundaries. I've had issues with some clients in the past, some, some students in the past, not being clear on what their boundaries are. And I've had to speak to them individually and say, all right, let's do a lesson right now. We're going to go through this. So you're crystal clear. I had a, a client a few years back. She reached out to me one day and she's like, I have a friend who has a friend who is suicidal. Can I help them? They want my help because they're not getting help from the doctors. Can I help them? And I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You are in no way trained to help this person. I know they need help and it's hard, but you are not qualified to help this person. And if something happens, you could be liable. So it's my job, like I feel so strongly about this because I really want to protect my students, that I talk about it all the time. I was just recording a lesson yesterday on a technique of, it's called the meta mirror and it's helping your client kind of go through past conversations or interactions with people that maybe they don't feel good about. And I prefaced by saying, if this is processing trauma for your client, don't do this. This is not the right technique. So yeah, it's just, it's so important for coaches to know. And I never got trained on it. I had to like figure out that that was missing. Even just the awareness of me figuring out that that was missing from all of the teachings I'd already done, the many, many, many coaching certifications I've done, learning that that was a missing piece and then going out to find people and ways of learning about it. And then figuring out how I can put that into the created coach method without overstepping my boundaries of being someone who isn't trained to teach people on this. So that's kind of a long-winded story there, but it's, I'm really passionate about this mainly for the, the part of my, my students so that they don't get themselves into trouble. Yeah, that's so important. And there's two things I'd love to add on there. One is that we 
see a lot of business coaches in particular, and I know I'm kind of picking on them today, but that's really the problem area as I see it. A lot of business coaches are claiming to be Swiss army knives. You know, they can help you build your business and they can help you heal your childhood trauma. And the reason why you're not raising your prices is because your dad didn't love you enough when you were a child. And, you know, just making these really big claims, which that is not within their scope of practice as a business coach. So that's, yeah, there's that. And then the second piece I just wanted to add on, which I missed when I was sharing about the trauma-informed piece is that doesn't just start when that client hops on a Zoom call with you or hops on a, you know, or you're face-to-face with that client. That trauma-informed framework or the trauma-sensitive framework, it has to start in your messaging, in your marketing. And that's where a lot of people miss it. Well, they miss it completely. But that marketing, and I mean, I could share some horrific examples I see them every single day and people have started to send them to me to say what is your take on this you know what do you think about this what about this one and I love that people are starting to like use their own discernment and use their own critical eye you know there's so much scarcity messaging there's so much FOMO messaging of just really using marketing and messaging to create false beliefs within someone or to say the reason you're not investing in yourself is because you don't love yourself enough or, you know, FOMO and scarcity pricing, the price doubles tomorrow, you need to enroll today. And it's really removing this ability for the consumer to have an informed purchasing decision where they get to take time. They get to, you know, do some research as to whether this thing that they're investing in is the best option for them. But there's just so many coaches who are using this FOMO, this urgency, scarcity tactics. They're using pain point marketing. So they're really calling upon people's pain points of, you know, do you want to be miserable forever and, and never find the love of your life? Or, you know. And that was something that I was taught as well. I was taught to use pain point marketing. And so for anyone listening to this today, I really don't want this to be licensed for you to self-blame. And for any coaches who are considering enrolling in your certification and are getting freaked out thinking, oh my God, this is not an opportunity for you to self-blame and and shame yourself for perhaps using some of these unethical practices. It's, you know, I'm in exactly the same boat. I'm in a season of unlearning and just forgiving myself and having compassion for myself for not knowing better. I put my trust in people who I shouldn't have, but I didn't know because we, we go into this industry with the best of intentions and Unfortunately, a lot of us are getting burnt because there's people who just don't have the ethical, conscious, trauma-informed framework beneath them. Yes, I love what you said about a season of unlearning. I feel like I've been in this season for going on two years now of like really stepping back. There was a time two years ago where I almost quit my entire certification. I was just like ready to throw it all down the drain because I was like, I don't want to be in an industry that treats people this way, that talks like this. And I realized that I just didn't have to be one of those people. I could actually figure out a way to do it in a more ethical and aligned way for myself and really unlearning. And I still am unlearning. I still catch myself thinking certain ways and doing certain things that I, and I don't realize until after, after the fact, and I don't blame or shame myself. It's all a process of awareness. So hopefully that's what we are providing people with through this conversation is just 
having the awareness or starting to notice when maybe if you're doing something or saying something and it doesn't feel good to you, it doesn't feel aligned for you, it doesn't feel like something that would make you excited to be a part of, then it's probably you don't have to do it. Like just sitting at your desk and you're making a sales page and writing about how your ideal client, your potential clients just feel like they don't have enough confidence and they feel like they don't know what they're doing with their clients and they they just feel so sad all the time. Like does writing that feel good to you? Most likely not. I'm, I'm writing a new sales page for the Created Coach Method and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to write that stuff. Like that doesn't feel good to me. I want to write about how amazing coaching is and how good it is to learn about these tools and the benefits of learning these tools for you and your clients. Like, I don't want to write about stuff that's going to bring me down. No one wants to read that. So it's, it's all a process of unlearning. And I feel like I've been in that, that phase for a while. And I think I probably will be in it for a while longer because I think there's a lot for me to unlearn, just even the conditioning about about everything, about the kind of content to create and how we have to show up as coaches. And I don't want to be a brand. I don't Mm. want to be a personal brand. I don't want to share all of my life on Instagram and what I'm doing on the weekend and personal moments with my friends and, and stuff. I'll share a little bit about it, but I've been really unlearning that I don't have to do that. I was told that I have to, that I have to be an influencer and Mm. That that whole thing is a huge unlearning for me. Yeah, it's personal boundaries, right? And one of the, I think one of the most harmful things that I see online a lot is this notion that if something triggers you or if something makes you uncomfortable, that's just an unhealed part of you. <laughs> and a lot of these unethical coaches will use this in their content by saying, if I trigger you, if my content triggers you, if me dancing around naked to sell my latest offer triggers you, that's just because there's a part of me that you want or something. There's a there's something that you see in me that you want to express within yourself. No, that's not always the case. And often this feeling of ick, and this is something that I really want people to get on board. Your dog agrees. Often this feeling of ick and this feeling of, oh God, I'm feeling triggered or activated by this. And I used to blame myself. I used to think, oh, I'm just jealous because they are so expressed online and I wish I could dance around online. And it's like, no, I just have a conscience. I actually just have a conscience. And that is my body saying, no, that feels so wrong. I don't want to enmesh my sexuality or my sensuality or my body or anything with me being able to help a client through, you know, making their next career choice or through, you know, building their business. There's a lot of people who are confusing the two and who are almost grooming their audience and grooming their followers into and love bombing them into a a relationship and it becomes this parasocial relationship where the coach is oh my god I love my followers I love my community I love my audience I love you guys and I was talking to a psychologist about this recently who I've connected with online and he said within psychology or within within therapeutic learning and certification that would be a complete no-go you are not allowed to love your clients you are not allowed to you know show your clients affection you are there as a safe space for them to unpack and unload and unwind. And so that is again, and I think it's a really useful practice to look at, at the psychology world or the therapy world 
look at therapists and then look at coaches and just see where they're just, yeah, coaching is the wild, wild west. There's no, you know, there's no regulation, there's no standards and there's no license that we can lose if we are operating outside of that regulation. Mm-hmm. Not yet anyway. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting, the Brittany Dawn situation. I followed her a long, long, long time ago when I was in the fitness world. And then like I've been out of that world for a long time. So I unfollowed it. And I don't know how it came up, how I learned about all of the stuff that's going on with her now. But I was shocked and amazed and also like, well, yeah, she should be getting in trouble for that. And there's probably a lot of other people that are worried that they're about to get in trouble for not following through on their promises as well. Yeah, there's movements forming. I'm connected to a lot of movements forming that are bringing on lawyers and legal counsel and people to really, yeah, to really like put these, well, fast track these regulations that should Mm -hmm. be coming. Yeah, wow, so interesting. Okay, so what can we do as coaches to help prevent or mitigate re-traumatizing our clients what can we do in our coaching in our marketing to not actively trigger or re-traumatize our clients number one I actually did an Instagram post about this the other day so if you go back on my grid there's a carousel about this but get a certification like number one get a certification granted that certification is likely not going to teach you how to be trauma informed or or even going to teach you about trauma at all but just having the certification to know what your scope of practice is that is a solid foundation number two i would say jump in here just really quickly make sure that the certification that you get teaches scope of practice because (laughs) like i said the trainings that i did back in the day still don't teach that today. So make sure that the the certification that you do teaches that. So sorry, continue. Yeah, Yeah, no, that was great because an extra point I wanted to add was just be really discerning with what that certification is. If it's a three-day life coach certification or like, yeah, just just really think critically about that certification and, and do some research, read some testimonials, explore it, Google the name of the certification and then put the word scam after it and see if any articles come up. That's also really good advice if you're wanting to work with a coach, particularly a business coach, put their name into Google, put scam after it, see what comes up, try it with, no, I won't name names, but yeah, so certification, make sure it's one that teaches scope of practice. Number two, become trauma-informed. I know it's an investment for a lot of people, but the Safe Space Institute, who I mentioned earlier, they have just launched a self-paced one. So it's about a third of the price that it used to be. It's around, I think it's $5,000 US. I can't remember the length. Oh, well, it's self-paced. But anyway, that, in my opinion, is a really great price point to become trauma-informed. And number three, do your own work. Like, Just make sure that you're healing your own stuff. It's, it's going to be really hard to hold a safe space for your client if there's unprocessed stuff within you. Yeah. And just, you know, taking care of yourself as well. There's a lot of destabilized nervous systems. There's a lot of coaches with unprocessed trauma and destabilized nervous systems who are out there, you know, re-traumatizing their clients. And so having your own practices of meditation and breath work and having your own mentor, having your own therapist, having your own coach to process these things with, there's the saying out there in coach land of, coaches need coaches. And if you're not working with a coach, then you don't believe in the business model. And I don't necessarily think that that's true. I'm not currently working with a coach because I've been burned by so many coaches and I don't trust my own discernment right now to, you know, 
to enroll correctly. So, and I've just come out of the back of a six month or nine month trauma informed breathwork facilitator training. So needed a bit of decompression after that. Is there anything else you'd add? I actually took notes on that post because I saw that and I was like, oh, these are so good. Don't intentionally trigger your clients. Yes. Um, That's a good one. Yes. That one's important. Like, yeah, it kind of speaks to what I spoke to earlier where these coaches are like, I'm here to trigger you. I'm here to you. I'm here to like call you into your edge and all of this talk around, you've got to play a bigger game and it's time to up level and it's time to like, there's so much fetishizing of growth and of expansion and of, you know, and we talked about window of tolerance earlier. Where is the window of tolerance conversation? Where is the titration conversation in that if we're fetishizing growth, expansion, bigness, up-leveling, money, you know, all of this stuff. And there's so much to say for the slow growth, for the slow learning, for the slow even, and that's what I'm weaving into my business mentorship is like, I want to help people build slow and build sustainable and not build because they want to amass massive amounts of cash and wealth and you know, not consider that what they're actually doing with that money to recirculate back into their communities. I feel like we could talk about this for so long. I I love what we've talked about so far. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for this conversation and for being open and for allowing me to be open and honest as well. I really appreciate your time and sharing everything that you shared with us today. You're so welcome. I love this conversation. So we'll have to do it again soon once we've, you know, once we've unwrapped and unpacked our next level. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So where can people find you? So Instagram is just my name, Anna Squelch, and my website, annasquelch.com. My podcast is The Full Circle Podcast. And then if you want to join my free membership community, it is called A Higher Ground. Okay, awesome. And do you have anything that you're offering at the moment that people might benefit from joining? I'm actually going back to do some corporate work. So I announced on my Instagram this week and again, coaches, there's no shame if you have other streams of income and if you're still, if you still have a part-time job. So I'm going back to do some corporate work until the new year. So I'm sort of winding things down a little bit, still available for one-to-one coaching and for business mentorship and online breathwork sessions, but Selfish, my signature group program is underway right now and it starts up again in January or February, and it's going to be more of a self-paced rolling enro- enrollment. I found the whole launch cycle just so activating for my nervous system. It was just the highs and lows of income and launching and selling and blah. And so I'm creating more like rolling intakes where people can just enroll whenever they want. There's no scarcity. There's no FOMO. There's no urgency. So that will start back again in January, February, and that's a program that really teaches women how to be self-aware, to accept move into self-acceptance and it's really about self-discovery it's going on this journey of self-discovery and I have a lot of people pleasing women who come into that work wanting to shift the focus from everyone else onto themselves so there's that and then actually I do have my ethical business mastermind which is a three four week mastermind which starts mid-november I'll leave all the links for everything that you've mentioned as well as the trauma-informed trainings that you mentioned as well I'll leave all of the link in links in the show notes thank you again for this amazing conversation and i can't wait to do it again yeah let's chat soon thanks brooke